This is the Fertility Hour, where couples learn how to improve their fertility naturally. Join Charlene Lincoln as she interviews leading experts in the fields of natural fertility, holistic medicine, and preconception care. Fertility Hour is where you'll find evidence-based strategies, tips, and resources to help you when trying to conceive. And now, here's Charlene Lincoln. Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Fertility Hour. Our host, Charlene Lincoln, licensed acupuncturist and women's health and fertility expert. Okay, it, we have taken a break. Um, summer happened and travel and everything else, but um, I'm, you know, I'm excited to be back. And I, uh, for those of you who have been loyal and listening to the podcast, thank you so much. Uh, make sure to subscribe leave a comment on how we can improve or what type of topics you'd like us to cover. And um, we will definitely try to do our best to help you out. And also um, there is a free report on fertilityhour.com, restore fertility and get pregnant naturally. It was written is 39 pages expertly written by our own Dr. Eva Keen. Highly recommend that you uh, download that today. I have a very special guest um, Andrea Reiter. Am I pronouncing your name correctly? Yes. <laughs> okay, thank you, Andrea. Andrea is a holistic fertility expert, Reiki master, and author specializing in a mind-body approach to fertility. She uses a combination, combination of Reiki, intuition, and mindset coaching to move women through the emotional and physical blocks that are impeding them from conceiving naturally. Her book, How to Get Pregnant Even When You've Tried Everything, A Mind-Body Guide to a Fertility, is available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Andrea has been published by the Chopra Center, Mind Body Green, Huffington Post, Thrive Global, The Elephant Journal, and is a regular contributor to Fertility Road Magazine. Though based in New York and LA, she helps women all over the uh, globe achieve their dream of motherhood. Well, welcome, Andrea. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So um, your, your book came out uh, in the summer. You said it was in, in July? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. I love the title of that book. Uh, it's very enticing. I, I would think that if you're trying <laughs> to conceive, that would definitely catch your eye because um, I know that um, women out there are trying everything. And um, I love that you wrote about the mind-body connection, because the more we learn about the subconscious mind and the mind's effect on the physiology of the body, is there anything more important, you know, than that? Right, right. Yeah, I so. think it's such a hugely overlooked component in all of this. You know, a lot of the women that come to me have tried everything up until this point, you know, all kinds of interventions. And their, their major complaint is that they're being looked at as a uterus with feet, and, you know, there's a whole, you know, there's a whole life going on. There's a past, there's relationships, there's work, there's a whole bunch of things that, uh, that affect our, our brain. And the brain is the control center for the body. It's giving the body orders. And so you have to look at that, I think. I think it's one of the big missing pieces that, um, that needs to be addressed more, you know, on this journey for women. Okay. I mean... Do you want to give us like uh, case examples or just kind of, I mean, I'll let you lead this. How do you, what's your approach? How do you go about kind of delving deeper into the psyche of someone who's dealing with fertility issues? 
Okay, sure. Um, so, so what I do is so, um, like you said in the in the intro, it's a, it's a combination of of Reiki intuition and mindset coaching. So that's kind of the three pronged thing. So how how that works essentially is um, what I do now is because I have clients all over the world is is called distance Reiki. So um, Reiki, in case people aren't familiar with it, it's uh, it's an energy technique. I I kind of like to call it acupuncture without the needles, <laughs> you know, it's like, just to give people an idea, it's the same, you know, we're going in to unblock the stuck chi or the stuck energy so that your body can uh, get to a relaxed enough state to start to heal itself, essentially. Um, so I started doing in-person sessions. I was mainly working with people with chronic pain and cancer. And um, uh, the as I was working on people, like it's, it, you know, hands above or on when you're doing it in person. And um, I would start getting these uh, intuitive hits, which is just a feeling with a visual attached to it that lets me know subconsciously what's going on with the person. And, um, and then I, so I would tell them about it afterwards and they would be like, oh my God, that's this and blah, blah, blah. And then they would go work on that and then they would get better. And I was like, Okay. And then I started reading more like Louise Hay and uh, Metaphysical Anatomy by Yvette Rose. And, you know, so the major premise of my work is that there's an emotional cause to the physical issue. And once we address that emotional cause, the physical issue doesn't need to be there anymore. So um, for, ex for example, my sister-in-law who, um, you know, I was still working with chronic pain and cancer people at this point that she had had her second miscarriage and she was like, obviously wanted to get pregnant again, but her brain was really scared to be pregnant again, because as anybody who's been through miscarriage knows, it's, it's not only physically traumatic, but emotionally traumatic. And um, so I, I asked her if she wanted to do a session thinking that there's the same thing, emotional cost to the physical. So we did a Reiki session and um, we started working together and all of this stuff kept coming up about her job. She was way overextended at her job. And one of the visuals that I saw was she had like eight arms, you know, and she's got, you know, hands and everything and her brain, you know, your brain at its, its base core fight or flight survival mode is like, do we fight this thing or do we run away? And how do we take care of ourselves? You know, that old like lizard part of your brain. And when you are taking care of so many other humans and so many other things, your brain is like, whoa, like I, I can't take care of another human. Like, let's just not even, Let's just not even go there. And so when you're in that fight or flight mode, you know, all of your, everything goes to your heart and your brain and your lungs, like all of the essential things to get you out of that situation or to fight it, all non-essential body systems slow down or shut down. So your reproductive system is not necessary when you're fighting a grizzly bear or overstressed at work or, you know, whatever your, your fight or flight thing is. So, so that's the case with a lot of unexplained infertility clients I find is that there, there's some sort of external thing going on or some, you know, belief thought process thing going on that's just scaring you enough to just shut this down, you know? And so that's what was happening with my, my sister-in-law. And so we worked through, you know, we did the, the energy sessions to clear everything out, but also for me to find out subconsciously what's going on through these images. And then we talk about it at the end and then they have homework. So that may be in the form of um, visualizations or brain dumps, which is just vomiting on paper, thoughts about the topic that came up. Um, there's, you know, we process things to the extent that we can at the time when we go through something. And then we have to move on because we have to move on because 
life doesn't stop. And that doesn't always mean that we have cleared up the thing that happened, you know? And so that's what I work with my clients on is whatever these residual traumas are or beliefs, fears that are coming up, we process that. So there's more the like psychology element um, at the end to, you know, finalize and process and release that kind of stuff. So we did that. I did that with my sister-in-law and she got pregnant with my nephew. And I was like, holy crap, like this is a thing. Like so many people, I think it's one in six people deal Mm -hmm. with infertility. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a lot of people. And uh, so I immediately switched over to fertility and have been in that vein uh, ever since. And, you know, everybody has, um, every client that I've had that's gotten pregnant has had something different click for them, but it's always been as a result of something they were thinking that they shifted or something that had happened that they released. You know, a lot of clients have things like uh, past uh, abortions, terminations, um, uh, rape, um, a, a lot of things that, you know, maybe you don't necessarily think are related to your uterus right now, but, but they really are, you know. Um, a lot of my clients have thyroid issues and that's the throat chakra, which is being able to voice your opinion, feel like you're being heard, Um, So if that's being stifled somewhere, you know, that's, that's where it's going to show up is in the throat. So figuring out where are you not able to voice, where are you not feeling confident, like that kind of um, thing. So it's, it's a multi-pronged thing. The Reiki is how I get the information and and also clear them out. And then the more the mindset belief work uh, is how we actually process the fear. Um, With your sister-in-law, did she, I mean, she was able to keep that job, but it was just shifting the subconscious and the mindset and then allowing her to approach the job differently because it seems like probably the stress level of the job didn't go away if she had to stay there, right? Right, right. So um, the basic, um, are you familiar with Byron Katie at Mm -hmm. all? Yeah. So, you know, the basic idea is that it's not the situation that's stressful. It's what we're making it mean that's stressful. So yes, you're right. Like there are things um, that she did to sort of um, shift her perception of what's happening and um, ways to make space within her given circumstances. Here is my job and I can't quit my job right now. And so within that space, I can at lunch go outside and just sit on the ground for a little bit instead of staying inside. I can take 10 deep breaths before I even go into the building. I, you know, little things like that, that gives your brain a little bit of like, okay, that space was for me. Okay. You know, like we need to sort of trick your brain into thinking you have more space than you do. Um, Because a lot of us do have those kinds of jobs. You know, I have a lot of clients who are teachers, CEOs, you know, people responsible for groups or teams of people. And your brain just already thinks you have children. It already thinks you're responsible for too many things. But there were things that she did back off. You know, she was, um, she was a department head. She taught two AP classes. She taught a college class on the side. She um, was a club advisor. She did back some of that off. And, and I know sometimes it feels like you can't do that, especially since all of my clients have amazing work ethics and they are like, ninja, get it done, really good at being efficient and all that. And that's awesome. And the, the biggest thing I hear when people come to me is, oh, well, when I get pregnant, I'll back that off. And that can be the reason why you're not getting pregnant. You know, you have to kind of show the universe, show yourself, show your brain that you can make a little space. I'm not saying 
you know, quit everything and just move for food and sex and that's it, you know, but, but we do have to create a little more space. We are so, especially nowadays, we are so overloaded and scheduled and um, pressured for deadlines and, and we need to just create a little bit of space there. You know, even if you can't quit your job, that's okay. We just need to find ways to make space and make it more um, palatable, you know. Uh, I totally agree. I mean, one of our mantras is act as if you are already pregnant as far as mm-hmm. shifting your whole lifestyle, like you said, to mm-hmm. make space and, yep. um, you know, the foods you're, the foods you're eating, the, the things that you have to cut out um, mm-hmm. and, and over obligations, um, things like that, because you really, I mean, your body it's all about survival. And so reproduction isn't part of that survival tactic. Your body, you know, that's kind of last priority. So right. you to, like you said, make space. Uh, yeah, that that's wonderful. So that must be really fulfilling. And obviously for your nephew. Oh my God. <laughs> I like, eat him every time I see him. It's, it's like, you're alive because your mom did this work. Like it's, yeah, it's just every time I see him and his birthday is the day before mine. So I just, I'm like, so bonded to him. I love him. And, uh-huh. and, you know, whenever my clients send me pictures of their little rugrats running around, it's like, it's so amazing. Like they're walking around just because they shifted, the parents shifted their energy, not because they did something and had 97 supplements, but because they shifted how they're putting their energy out there. And I, I just think that's like amazing, you know? It is amazing. And so let's talk about that. Um, you, you talked about unexplained infertility, but talk about someone who has a diagnosis, um, a clear cut diagnosis. And uh, pretty much when someone gets a diagnosis, like you have endometriosis or PCOS, it's all about the diagnosis and having to resolve that. And if you can't resolve that, you can't get pregnant. Right. Um, so let's talk about a situation where someone... Sure has one of these conditions and, and still is able to overcome it with that mind-body connection. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one of my clients had uh, endometriosis and fibroids, which if you have that, you know, is pretty nasty and pretty painful. And so what we worked on mainly was, you know, so we're looking at that area of the body, the whole reproductive area is the sacral chakra. So, that has to do with creativity, relationships, and children. And so when I'm, when I'm working on them, I'm sort of looking at like what around those areas is, is causing this, this flare up. Cause if, if you think about it, the, um, the, uh, some of the severe endometriosis, not just the polyps, but like wraps around, you know, your bowels even, and your uterus and this, um, so the uterus and the ovaries represent the point of creation and your bowels <laughs> represent uh, being able to release and let go of things. So this client had it wrapped around everything and it was like strangling, like ivy, like strangling everything. And so we talked about, you know, where, where, what can't you let go of? Where are you feeling strangled? What around your past relationships, um, your ability to create, like what's going on there? So it came up uh, two things. Um, fibroids, if um, a good resource, if, if listeners don't know, is um, Louise Hayes, You Can Heal Your Life. In the back, there's a glossary that has like pretty much every physical condition and what the mental or emotional cause is. And then an affirmation to kind of start, you know, an affirmation is not going to solve it, but it's going to help you start pointing away from, oh my God, I have endo. Oh my God, I have, you know. Um, and then fibroids, the, the, so the 
emotional cause of, uh, of endometriosis is like frustration, disappointment, and blame around something with relationships, family, baby kind of stuff. And then fibroids is um, nursing old hurts. This is usually 99% of the time is around past relationships, not necessarily the one you're in, but past. And so we worked on that kind of stuff. So for her, the fibroids were, she was toward the end of her last relationship. She, she feels like she wasted most of her thirties on this guy that was not emotionally available. And that really freaking hurt that like that hurt. Like I wasted all this time. So we worked through some beliefs on I wasted time. Is that true? Is anything really wasted? And can, and we did some cord cutting, some releasing, um, but a lot of mindset work around this. And, and then the endometriosis, the disappointment blame was, was also around that, but also her parents were really not supportive of her creative career, which is the same area, creativity. They wanted her to be a doctor. She wanted to be an artist. So there's a whole bunch of things going on there. So once we processed that stuff, the physical condition, condition goes away and she was able to get pregnant. So it doesn't matter if you have nasty endo, whatever degree, 37 fibroids, you can actually work through it. But we have to look at the why first. So yes, when you're looking at the picture, you know, if you have severe endo, yes, you have to get that under control before you can um, work on getting pregnant. And that's a good thing, honestly, because sometimes we get so gung ho about, I have to, I have to get the baby. I have to do this now. I have to. And the body is like a check engine light in a car. You know, when it goes off, it's like, we need to replace the sensor or we need to like look at something first. It's the body is not failing you. Remember I said before, like your, your brain is, um, giving the order. Your body's taking orders from the brain. So if your body's not doing what we want it to do, we have to look at what we're thinking. What are we making this mean? What are we still hanging on to that, that we don't need to anymore, you know? And especially relationships are tricky because it's the same area as the baby. And so even though you're like, no, I'm with my soulmate, I don't care about this guy anymore. If you're hanging on to stuff, we still need to address it, you know? Um, so it, it took, you know, six months for her to process all of that because it's years old, you know, you're, you need time to retrain your brain. And, um, but she did it. She, she was trying for 10 years. That's a long time, you know? I, mean, I was going to say six months, uh, that's six days. I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean, oh, that's it's nothing in the for, grand scheme of things, yeah. Because yeah, sometimes, you know, with endometriosis, I mean, women suffer their whole lives and yeah, moved and it comes back. Um, I, I was told, um, I interviewed um, a woman who's, who um, did her doctorate with on endometriosis and one of her colleagues did a study and it was like, I hope I'm not exaggerating, but it was kind of like, I think it was like 80% of the women who had severe endo had, had, had severe sexual trauma in their yeah. lives. Yeah. Um, almost, almost all of my clients. That's the case for sure. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and that's really interesting about the fibroids, the the hurt from mm -hmm. the former relationships. Um, does it have to be a former like uh, romantic partner or a former? No, nope. nope. it can be parents. It can be, um, you know, I have one client with her best friend of like 25 years. They had a huge falling out. It's it, relationships in, in general. It's usually romantic. More often than not, it's romantic, but but it can be, um, you know, one client, it was a work partnership. They had built this company and she took it out from under her and she was understandably 
nursing that hurt for a while. Um, so it can, it can be other relationships. It's usually, usually romantic though. PCOS is more, um, uh, cysts in the whole emotional cost, the physical of it all that, that is also nursing old hurts, rerunning old movies in your head, you know? So that's kind of, um, the thing that's sort of uh, frustrating initially to the PCOS endo crew is that when it's something that's so painful for you, it's really hard to wrap your head around that you could shift your energy and this thing could shift. Like I've had people get angry, you know, because it's so painful. And when you are backed into a corner and you're a wounded animal, like you're going to want to lash out. So just know that if that's how you feel when you're looking at this mindset approach, that's okay and feel that and let that go and then go, okay, I've done everything. Maybe I want to, maybe I want to look at shifting this, or maybe I'm still hanging on to this, you know, honor how you feel initially, but the body's showing you this for a reason. This is kicking up for a reason. And very often it's best if we work through it now versus after you have this baby and then you just kind of never get to it. So everything that's happening is happening for you, not to you. And I know that's really hard to wrap your heads around. Totally get it. <laughs> but, but we've signed up for a certain amount of things this time around and there are ways to work through it. So, so I think a good place to start would be um, either my book uh, or the, like I said, the Louise Hay book, the Yvette Rose book, just kind of entertaining that there are things that affect our body. We, we grow up hearing the, the phrase mind over matter. If you put your mind to it, you can do anything. That comes from somewhere, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. this, this law of attraction thing hasn't been called that forever, but it's been around since referred to since the early 1800s. There is a certain, you know, it's like energy attracts like energy, what you're putting out, you're getting back what you reap, you sow, you know, that's, that saying has been around for a long time. But the trick is, the universe doesn't care what you're saying. You can be saying, I want to be a mom all day long, but if your undercurrent is, oh shit, what if I can't do it? What if I can't do it? I'm running out of time. I'm running out of time. That's what the universe is hearing, not what you're saying. So we really have to look at this subtext of energy that's happening and, and address this fear. And, and I do think that that's the thing that's missing in, in a lot of, um, you know, a lot of people just do affirmations or they, just are like, I'm going to focus on what I want 110% and that's going to be enough. And you can vacuum the rug all you want, but if you've got lumps under the rug, you're going to have a very clean lumpy rug. Like we need to get the dust bunnies out of there. You have to look at this old stuff and that's not fun. I totally get it, but it's slightly more fun than surgery. It's slightly more fun than having to go through IVF if you don't have to, you know what I mean? So I, I think we're now the world is sort of shifting in a direction where people don't freak out as much as you say the word energy. Um, people are kind of have heard of the law of attraction, even if it's just the secret, which I don't think really covers it enough, but at least it's an intro. Um, but we kind of have to move in that direction. Our minds are so powerful and to think that they're not affecting our fertility is crazy. Of course they are, you know, but most people don't know how to shift it because everybody's got a blind spot. I have one. I can't see all my own shit in the back. I, that's why I have a business coach, you know? So she's like, oh, this thing is back here. Um, we can see a lot of our stuff, but we can't see all of it, you know? And so sometimes we know something needs to change, but we don't know what. And so that's why it's so important to have an acupuncturist or have a fertility coach or have a, you know, psychologist or something, something that's giving you some sort of outside 
um, feedback or way to direct or ideas to shift, you know? I, I totally agree with you. No matter what your expertise is, you talked about the blind spots and, and also just to touch base. Um, it, it's so true with the affirmations. I mean, I tried affirmations for years and in, in theory, they sound wonderful, but um, when I first learned about um, muscle testing, you would say an affirmation and then they would do a muscle test. And I don't want to confuse people if you're not familiar with muscle testing, but it can tap into the subconscious to see if you really are strong for a statement. And so, um, you know, we, we, we would test each other on statements like, I want to be a mom, and it would go weak. Well, mm-hmm. because maybe you want to be a mom, but there might be a lot of fear behind it. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I had, I mean, I became a mom at 42 and from not from being childless all those years. I mean, part of it was I was so scared. How am I going to handle my career and being a mom? Am oh, yeah. I going to repeat the same patterns that my mom did with me? How, how am I going to change that? Mm. Um, you know, so many different things. So I want to be a mom. Sure, there was that, but then there was a bunch of fears that I had to like work, really work through to make yeah. it solid for myself. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of us have that going on. Um, oh, it's the default setting, unfortunately. I wish it wasn't, uh, but your fight or flight is automatic. It is, oh God, like, do we fight this or do we run away? And yes, we're not being chased by large tooth animals anymore, but we do have our own forms of stress. Usually it's work related. Sometimes it's family, you know, sometimes it's relationship, you know, but if, if it is freaking us out enough that even if it's just on a low grade level, there is a lot of fear running under the surface. And that's part of what my work does is goes, you know, under the part of the iceberg that you can't see. And like, what is really running in the background? And like in my book, I say, it's like these, these fears or these beliefs are like um, apps that are open on your iPhone. You know, I leave Google Maps open all the time and my battery dies so fast all the time. Mm-hmm. I haven't learned yet. Um, but there are these thoughts, these beliefs, these fears, I'm running out of time. It should have happened by now. I'm getting too old. All of that stuff, those are apps that are left open on your phone. And even though you're not looking at them all the time, they're draining your battery, you know? And so we need to kind of close those apps and, and we have to look at the fear and not just be like, not just affirmation over it. We do need... Affirmations are helpful. Do you need to get to a positive place to be able to do this? A hundred percent. But you can't leap over the yuck either. Like we have to look at that, you know. Mm-hmm. But the good thing is that the things that scare us, like uh, the the Byron Katie work, that that would be another good book, Loving What Is. Um, it's <sighs> the thoughts are scarier than what actually is happening. The thought I'm running out of time is like, oh shit, like, oh my god, like. Is that true? Are you still getting a cycle? Do you have a good relationship? Are you taking steps that feel good for you? Like, I get in the microcosm of your life why it seems like that, but if you are constantly putting, I'm running out of time, I'm running out of time, I'm running out of time, the universe has to bring a match to you running out of time. And here's another, you know, cycle of it not working. And here's another crappy doctor. And here's another, you know what I mean? So, so we have to address those fears so that they're not draining your energy because there's so much of your energy that's going to the fear and not where you want it to go, you know? So that's kind of the goal is to figure out what is tripping this automatic fear, fight or flight switch, because it is automatic. You can't stop it from happening, but being more plugged into your intuition, uh, that can be your kind of uh, manual override switch, you know, cause it's going to happen. You're going to have the fear come up. It's just how do we process it and talk yourself 
down from it, you know? I love talking about this stuff. Um, I just think it's so fascinating and it, it's so powerful. And what seemed kind of like very alternative and new age, and I guess it still does, but um, flash forward in 10 years, everyone's going to sort of be talking about energy medicine. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, it, it's real stuff. It's real stuff. Um, yeah. Okay. A couple of things came to mind. I'll just throw them out and then whatever you want to discuss, um, talking about irregular menstrual cycles and the subconscious, because I want to know what you think of as, or what you have found to be kind of underlying factors. And then um, I interviewed Dr. Christiane Northrup and she talked about um, uh, women who can't get pregnant in a relationship and then they divorce I mean, this is kind of a sticky one, I guess, but it's kind of interesting. I have a bunch uh, they of They partner up with yeah. someone else and then they get pregnant. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to yeah. talk about that one, I think it's kind sure. of interesting. And- it is, yeah. Um, so to, to touch on the irregular cycles first, mm-hmm. um, I have, uh, I've had a bunch of people who come to me who haven't had their cycles in like seven years. Um, one client never got her cycle. Like she was in a traumatic um, natural disaster when she was like eight and her body was in such fight or flight. She never got her cycle. So she's a great example of how that just shuts off when you're freaked out, you know? Um, But yeah, some clients do have a regular cycles. I have some that have like a 50 day cycle and then a 21 day cycle. And it goes, it kind of yo-yos back and forth. And it's always directly related to how much stress they're in. A lot of my clients who have this, it's, um, it's either work stress or they're just so consumed with the, oh my God, it hasn't happened yet. I'm running out of time. Fear. Um, usually it's, it's those two things. Um, but I do find like, you know, exter- there are external things you can do because sometimes our, our type A brains like to have a thing to do. And I do find like, um, you know, like a red clover infusion has helped a lot of my clients regulate their cycle. Um, you know, it's, I like red clover cause it's not, uh, it's a pretty gentle, um, herb and the, uh, having it in infusion form, like for like six to eight weeks, that's really helped a lot of my clients level out their cycles. But honestly, a lot of it has been working through these fears that come up and the cycle just starts to regulate itself. Um, but it's, it's almost always stress. It's almost always that. And so that's the important thing to know. This is, it's actually a good thing. Like, oh, okay, I have to work on my stress, which sucks. And it's going to take a little while. But if I work on this, I can regulate my cycle. And we want to feel some relief from that. Because a lot of times we think, oh my God, the cycle's going away and I'm never going to get it back. And that's scary. Um, Totally. But when we are looking at it as the check engine light situation, it's just your body going, eh, we need to look at something. And then you look at it and it comes back. You know, I have countless clients who have gotten the regular cycle back. I know it seems like a big issue, but it's re- from an energetic perspective, it's really not. Um, it's totally workable. Um, just like everything, endo, fibroids, anything internal. I can't regrow a limb, but anything internal <laughs> we can work on, you know? Um, and then the relationship thing. I have three clients um, where this has happened. Um, one of them, she was in the marriage for 10 years and it wasn't happening. And she's like, she was 41 at the time. And he was, um, he was a workaholic, but he also had substance abuse issues that he wasn't dealing with. And he also made her feel very small. And she is like, if you meet her, she is like sassy, like 
fabulous. And she wasn't that when I was first talking to her because he just kind of made her feel so small. But she's like, I'm 41. Where am I going to go? Like, what am I going to do? And so she just kept beating her head against a wall. And, you know, we worked through some beliefs around this. Like, I'm not going to find anybody else. Is that true? Do you know that for a fact? Pretty much the only thing we know for a fact is that we're going to die at some point. That's all you really know is going to happen to you. I could be hit by a bus tomorrow or I could win a million dollars tomorrow. Who knows? <laughs> you know, like we don't know what's going to happen to us. We can assume, but we don't know. And so we worked through some of her fears and, and beliefs. And he, the thing, the difference for her is that he was not willing to work on anything. So some people have partners who are willing to work on it and it just takes a little while. And again, that's another indication from your body that you guys need to work on this first. You guys are why you want to have a baby. You know what I mean? Like you can't skip over that. I have a bunch of clients who are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I want to get to the baby. This is who you're having it with. Like you have to work on that. Uh, but he, this guy was not willing to work on anything. So she decided to leave. She moved across the country Three months later, she met somebody. A month later, she was pregnant. Like one night, it was a one night stand, but they're in love and like <laughs> they're together and they have a baby. So who the hell knows? You don't know. So don't feel like you have to stay somewhere just because you feel like, well, it's going to take me a year to meet someone, a year to get engaged, a year to get married, a year to have a, it. Not, necess not necessarily, you know, we kind of sometimes have to be okay with things happening out of the order that we expect them to. You know, we kind of have this, this disnified idea of how life should go. And sometimes the universe throws you a curveball and you have to go with it instead of fighting it. You know, that's where a lot of our problems come in is when we're in resistance to what is happening. You know, I'm, I'm assuming that with this, that woman, um, congratulations to her. That's, that's, um, yeah, she was 43 incredible. by the way, by the time she did it. Very cool. Um, yeah. well, I mean, I think, you know, the, the work that she did with you, made her open to those opportunities because if you feel like you have the script of your life and it's not going to be ever changing, I mean, you really cut off a lot of opportunities for yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. One, she probably would not have moved across the country. And, no. Um, well, anyways, yeah, very, very interesting. Um, so, well, I was going to make a bad joke about go out and divorce your husband. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> that. But I have, I have treated some women who they tell me about their relationship and it sounds stressful and awful, but they are so bent yeah. on having a baby. Yeah. They're sort of, you know, I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't know if I can support this. And I try to talk to them and yeah. logically they're just cut off. They're like, I'm yeah. doing this. And, and, it, and it's not happening a lot of times, but and then people out there could be like, yeah, but I know plenty of people who are unhappy with their spouses and they have three kids. So yeah. Yeah. Well, they also, you know, they're probably not in attachment to needing that to happen, you know, needing kids to happen. When you're in like, I need this, the universe is hearing, I don't have, I don't have. And that's what you keep being met with, you know, but you know, it's so tricky because we, we get into, we're the ones with the clock you know, not, not the guys, but the guys do feel like a piece of meat a lot of times. Like you can't be like, I'm ovulating, go. You can't do that. You know, like you have, you know, I mean, it sounds cliche, but you have to do the date night thing. You have to like pepper sex throughout the month. So it's not like, and go, that's a lot of pressure, you know? So they feel like a piece of meat. You feel like they're not participating and it's like, you, oh man, you can't skip over that. I mean, you can, but it's not going to help you, <laughs> you yeah. know? 
Uh, I, I hear I hear that a lot from different fertility experts. Are like, you need to keep it still romantic. I know it's 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 easier said than done, but it is. Yeah, really, that does put a damper on things for sure. Mm-hmm. It's. <clears throat> anyways, um, what? Okay, so the work that you do, it seems incredible working with you, but so someone could pick up your book and how does that kind of work as far as like a, a DIY? Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like that phrasing, yeah. Um, yeah, so obviously the, the intuitive component to what I do, I can't stuff that into a book. Um, I would have if I could have, but I can't. Um, but it's broken into four uh, four parts, this book. So the first part is um, the external factors that are happening, things that we don't necessarily think are affecting us, but can be obviously job, family. If you have family who's like, when am I going to be a grandmother? Like, Ugh. like I don't want to be around you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that can be like, like, to your uterus, um, you know, it, I, I, the partner stuff, that's, that's, you know, sometimes the guy has cold feet. Did you really discuss it with him? Or were you just like, we're having a baby now? Like sometimes conversations need to happen. Um, money issues. This is a huge one for a lot of my clients. You know, if, if one person, if, you know, the woman isn't going to be working or has to take time off and things are already tight and you're trying to add something, your brain goes, yeah, no, money is how we get food and shelter. And if that's going to be sacrificed and our survival is put at stake, we're not doing that. Um, so money is a big issue. Um, not being able to say no, like I have a lot of clients who have like big families and there's, you know, a lot of required responsibility or they're teachers and they're, you know, keep asked uh, to do extra stuff and they feel like they have to and spreading themselves too thin. So there's, there's 15 external factors in that first part. The second part is beliefs, which I started to touch on a little bit. Um, you know, a belief is not a, not a true statement, but it's a thought that we think over and over and over until it becomes true for us. So for example, it should have happened by now. It freaking feels like it. I totally get it. You've been trying for five years. It should have happened by now. The problem with that belief is that when we put out, it should have happened by now, what the universe is hearing is I've missed my window. I've missed my window. I've missed my window. And so your brain's putting that out. Your body's listening to that. Oh, she's missed her window. Okay, never mind. You know, so your body's not going to fall in line with, with getting pregnant when the signal is it should have happened by now and it didn't. So it's not going to. So um, these, these thoughts that are stressed, we have a stressful reaction to these thoughts. So any, any thought you have where you have a stressful reaction, fear, anger, frustration, whatever, we're believing something about that situation that's not true. And I know that's hard. I know it's hard <laughs> to wrap, wrap your head around that sometimes. But if you should be pregnant by now, you would be. It doesn't mean you won't be, but it just means that there are things going on in some area of your life that's not allowing that. And so if we can go address that, then that opens up your uterus could be like, and we're back, you know, like once you do that thing. So so the, the belief part is looking at, you know, there's 10, you know, very common beliefs that most women have. So it's going through that. There's a worksheet of like how to, you put your stressful thought in and, and it sort of dismantles and turns it around so that you're not sending so much um, energy to that. It kind of opens your perspective of how it might actually not be true. How could the opposite of that be true? Um, again, it's based on the work of Byron Katie. So, you know, you could YouTube some videos of that to see kind of how it works. Um, 
And then the third part is uh, physical issues like endothyroid, um, pituitary issues, uh, male infertility, unexplained. I think there's 10, um, it's been so long now, <laughs> like we were saying before. Um, I think there's 10 conditions in there and it goes through. So, you know, what is the condition and what is the mental emotional cause of that? And then how do we work through that? So each one has an exercise that you can do. That's like practical, which our type A brains like, like here's something I can do to, to move through this, but it is sort of engaging your intuition and cracking your perspective open at the same time. Um, and then the fourth part is the law of attraction part explaining why, where we put our energy is important, why that matters and how it affects physiologically affects your body and how even in the most serious circumstances, you can turn that around. And I know, you know, again, a lot of the, when people who have a condition here that, you know, you can shift your thoughts and, and this can happen. What those people hear sometimes is it's all in your head. And that's not what we're saying you are feeling real freaking pain with endo. You are feeling real pain with fibroids. Totally get that. The pain is real, but what's causing it is something that's going on in the thought process. And so that's what we want to shift. And that will hopefully shift your physical pain. I see it all the time. You know, it is possible. And I know that's hard to hear sometimes, but, but I think it is a necessary part of this journey to round it out. You can't just keep throwing interventions at it and trying harder because from a law of attraction perspective, if I'm trying harder, I'm being met with some, a reason to try harder and I just keep pushing. So we wanna do something that feels like ease, that feels like I'm taking a left instead of a right this time. You know, because I think it's, isn't that like the, the definition of insanity is, is doing the same thing over and over expecting a different result. Try something right. different, you know, what, even if it's not this kind of work, if you have been doing, you know, five rounds of IVF and it hasn't worked, go do acupuncture, go do yoga. If you always do yoga, meditate, go for a walk, switch up something so that you are creating new pathways energetically and shifting things even incrementally. And that's what's so important too, is you know we go from it's never gonna happen to I'm pregnant and that is a big leap. A lot of people can't make that leap right now because they're so like in despair or or lack and you so you can't expect to just be pregnant because you're not energetically a match to it right now so what we have to do is sort of incrementally move over you know like what did go well today what is going right right now my relationship is good I am financially stable I still have a cycle I like my doctor it was nice out today you know anything that is like what did go right today because it's our default setting to focus on the problem and what isn't I still don't have the baby still don't have the baby that that is automatic we can't help it you know so we have to and we have a grand canyon carved of this is what's going wrong so we have to start to pull our head over here to like here's what's going right here's why it's likely this will work and that is not second nature it's going to take you a while but we have to daily you know i have a lot of my clients have a list of what is going right and why it is likely this will work on their nightstands and have them look at it every day so they are starting the day with this is what's going right and it's going to take a while, but eventually your brain will be more okay with defaulting over to this side. But it takes a long time. You know, you're, you're combating an automatic response and it's going to take a little while, you know. Um, when you mention the word universe, uh, I mean, sometimes people who 
are into law of attraction, they kind of take it, oh yeah, the universe, but what about like people who aren't really familiar, what is the universe? Is it God? Is it literally, that? What it, it sounds like such an elusive term. Um, it is, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I do have some clients who are um, religious and so, and they don't like the term universe. So I, I, for me, it's, it, I mean, I'm not a, you know, physicist or metaphysical or whatever. Um, so I don't know that I have the best definition, but for me, God universe, it's interchangeable. It's higher power forces that, you know, laws of nature forces at work kind of a thing. You know, it, for some people it's God, for some people it's angels, guides, universe, whatever. I mean, I don't know that I have the best explanation for it, but it's basically the forces that are, are at work other than, you know, what we are dealing with on this plane right now. You know, I don't know. I don't really have a great explanation for it. Um, but I, I do use them interchangeably, you know, for, for the people who like God is important. It's the same thing. It's your higher power. It's what you are putting faith in. It's what you are releasing your control to. So whatever the, if that's a purple elephant in the sky, fine. I don't care, you know, but it, it's, it's, it's mainly about, you know, we're so used to controlling things and feeling like we have to fix it and we have to, you know, make it happen. And that, that works great with our careers a lot of the time and, and keeping our household in order and all of that kind of stuff. And we're used to doing A plus B equals C and we get it done. And fertility is not linear like that. It's, it is a bunch of curly cues and sideways things going on. So that's hard for our brains to go, but we'll wait, like I'm doing all the supplements. I'm doing all the kale. I'm, you know what I mean? Like I'm doing, why isn't, you know, and a lot of it is because we are trying to control and in this whole, you know, um, I don't know if you've read or any listeners have read um, any of the Esther Hicks, uh, Abraham Hicks kind of stuff, mm -hmm. um, you know, about getting, getting you vibrationally in alignment with what you want versus what you don't want. And um, you know, like if you're driving in the right lane on a highway and you're hitting all kinds of traffic and roadkill and it's like you're not moving and then you put your turn signal on and you move into the left lane and you shoot down the road, it's not that the traffic isn't there anymore. It's just that you're not aligned with it. So it's not necessarily that we have to solve everything that's going on with us. It's just that we have to be focusing on the things that we do want versus the things that we're scared will happen, you know, and that, that does take, um, a while, but they, Esther Hicks talks about, um, in the law of attraction books and, um, I'm blanking on the other, uh, the other one right now, but essentially, um, that you have to, you have to focus on what you want versus what you don't want, but you have to, um, oh, I just blanked. Um, be an emotional sorry. match or, um, yeah, there, um, Oh shoot. I can't remember. That's okay. Um, being a match. I don't remember. I lost uh -huh. it. How about, um, oh, I, I, yeah. I just remember doing that being a vibrational match. Like I often imagined physiologically myself pregnant, feeling that belly and my breasts. Mm -hmm. Um, just, yeah. Just putting yourself in that emotional place of that. It has already happened. You know? Yeah. And yeah. It's like you can, you could feel that little baby like holding it against your chest, that warmth and the, the newness of it and the smell and, yeah, you know, just, um, and sometimes that's 
hard to do when you've been on a journey for a while. Sometimes your brain won't let you go there. And I, and I think that's why doing the mindset piece is so important, working through some of those fears so that you kind of clear out that gunk so that you can be in a place where you're imagining that. Because really, when you're feeling that, that like the, I love that, the, the smell of the new baby, I and mean, you're feeling, that's when things begin to shift on a cellular level. You know, if we just think it like, oh yeah, baby smell, mm -hmm, that's nice, doesn't do anything. <laughs> but when you're actually feeling that and you get chills or you feel your eyes well up, that's when things are moving energetically, you know? And, and so many of us are so cerebral and driving our bodies around from our heads all the time that we really need to get back in touch with the body. Because frankly, the body is going to be the one that's housing this thing for nine months, you know? And so we need to be on the same team as your body, you know? And that can be the thing that like gets your brain going, you know what? It's okay to do this. It's okay to do this. And the body's like, oh, okay, it is. Like reestablishing that connection is so important. And it's, I think, an overlooked thing. I, you know, I know a lot of people are, are into the um, spirit baby thing of it all. Um, I don't, I don't think that's necessary to do right away necessarily. Um, I think a lot of people have a hard time with that when they're so feeling so stuck. It's hard to go to that. Some people do find it helpful, um, but I don't even think you need to go to that extent. It's really now just about sort of entertaining that things could be different. If I, if I shift my perspective and if I focus on something that does feel good to me, I can shift this. That's, that's where we need to start, you know, because if you don't think, you know, I've, I've had clients, um, you know, email me uh, to work together and they're like, you know, often I'm the last resort because they have done five rounds of IVF and all that stuff and it hasn't worked. And, you know, and I asked them, are you, are you open to this idea that by shifting your thoughts, you can, sh and she's like, well, I don't know, we'll see. And I was like, there's nothing, you know, with this work, there's nothing you need to believe. You can, like I said, you can believe in God, purple elephant, whatever, doesn't matter. Um, so there's nothing dogmatically you have to believe. You just have to be open. And, and it's sometimes hard for us to be open when we're so tunnel vision on this thing we want. And so, so I think that's what a lot of us are being called to do on this journey is to just take a step back in the grand scheme of things. Like we said before, you know, a month, two months, six months in the grand scheme of your life is a blip. And like we need to kind of dial it back a little bit and get back in touch with our body. Um, Cause it's so easy, like I was saying before, to blame your body for not, especially if you have something like fibroids or endometriosis, it's really like, why won't it just get on board? And so reestablishing that connection and finding a way to thank your body for what it is doing. Cause if you think about it, if you're like in gym class playing dodgeball and you're like, well, I guess I'll pick you body, even though you're the slowest and the stupidest and you know, Nobody wants to be that last kid picked and be like, well, I guess I'll take you because I have to, you know, is that kid going to perform well for your dodgeball team when it feels like crap? No, you know, so we kind of have to like, what is your body doing for you? It carries you around all the time. You don't have to think about breathing. That's awesome. You know, like what does it do for you? Because when you're in that mindset, your body does more for you to be grateful for. It's incremental. We have to be okay with like the slow process of it um and not making that huge leap because we're just not we're just not an energetic match to that right now so focusing on what is going right what you are capable of um 
that's a good place to start. Absolutely. How do we find out more about you? Tell us the title of your book again and your website and anything else that you want to mention. Sure. Uh, so the name of the book is How to Get Pregnant Even When You've Tried Everything, A Mind-Body Guide to Fertility. Uh, and it's on, you can get it on Amazon, uh, Kindle or um, paperback and Barnes and Noble and Llewellyn Worldwide, which is the publisher. So either of those, any of those websites. Um, Instagram and Twitter is at Fusion Fertility. Uh, my website is uh, fusionfertility.com. If you head over there, you can get the free uh, conceivable toolkit, which has 10 exercises in it that can help kind of get you moving in that direction. Um, so that's a good free option. Um, and the last thing I just kind of want to say is like, even if you've been doing this for a decade, even if you've been trying for that long, try to draw a line in the sand and go, yeah, everything up until this point has been hard and it sucks. Totally get that. And going forward can be different. If I, like I said before, if I take a left instead of a right, I'm going to end up somewhere different. So uh, one of my clients that just gave birth last month is 47 naturally. So please don't give up, but please do do something different than you have been doing. Um, I, I, I agree a hundred percent and I love the work that you're doing. Um, I believe in it wholeheartedly and it, it works. It works. It does. Yeah. You know, work with your healthcare practitioner and, but work on the mindset and the subconscious. It is so powerful. Oh, yeah. this is what I wanted to ask you. Um, when you work with women, um, whatever that condition, some hormonal imbalance, do, does it show up in their hormone panels? Can you talk about like- Oh, when you reflecting? shift it? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I have um, a, a bunch of people who have like FSH off the charts or AMH like non-existent and then they get retested and it's it's completely shows up. Yeah, yeah. That's really that's, fascinating, right? It is, yeah. Well, and if you think about it too, like so AMH, again, that whole, you know- ovaries area that's the sacral area which is is besides creativity relationships and children it's the point of creation it's where life is created and so a lot of times the amh goes down because it, it's the area where life is created so it's our diminished belief in our ability to create and so it's like like yes we lose 90 percent of our eggs by the time we're 30 but that you still have like at least a hundred thousand <laughs> eggs left by that point. Like you need one. So it's, it's focusing on bringing up that quality. I have a lot of um, visualizations that, that I have them do and stuff like that. And through that, it will show up different on a panel. FSH is usually, usually stress related, but it can be around this, this idea of this ability to create. Um, but yeah, it, it does, it does change all the time. Thank you so it's much. You're welcome. Just, can I just say one more thing? Sure, too? absolutely. Um, make sure that your care provider is on your team, please. This is so, so important. Everybody that comes to me is like, I'm 40 and they told me I need to do IVF yesterday. And even though I have a regular cycle and they're just not willing to blah, 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 whatever. You, we're several generations removed from valuing our intuition as a, a valid barometer of how we're doing. We, we immediately place all of our capability in the hands of the white coats because they have years of training. 
totally get that. And you are, you have this immense amount of capability that you are not claiming because we're putting it in somebody else's hands, whether or not we can do this. And that's part of this energy shift that needs to happen is you need to decide you can do this and assemble a team around you that is going to support that. So if that means going from a, an RE or a, a GYN to a midwife who does well woman care, do that. If, it, if you're like totally into the medical thing, pick somebody who is supportive of you. They do exist. You have to hunt sometimes. But that having a team assembled that is and an acupuncturist and, you know, people who are supporting you and, and repeating or reverberating how capable you are, that is what shifts things. So please make sure whoever is your, on your team is on team you, you know, they are working for you. We are working for you, you know, not the other way around. So that's important. Isn't that, I mean, isn't that critically important to oh. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, because a lot of people just kind of, oh, I heard this RE was the best, and every time you go, it just feels very sterile, and you're just evaluating yeah. numbers, and you feel like, I mean, you're just getting evaluated if you're a good candidate for IVF, not if you can get pregnant naturally, and not right. who you are right. as a person. I mean, um, giving birth in my forties, I was like, I am not having anybody tell me that I can't be a mom. I'm just yeah, absolutely I'm just not what I can accept. Um, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank uh, you. I really appreciate it. It was a great interview and um, congratulations on your book. I know you thank work you. Really hard and all the work that you do. And um, I will contact you in the next couple of weeks when this goes live. All right, cool. Okay, thank, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Andrea. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fertility Hour. For being one of our loyal listeners, we would like to give you free access to a special report called Restore Your Fertility Naturally. Inside, you'll learn about an eight-step, all-natural process that's helped hundreds of couples conceive. This is one of our most popular reports, and you can get free access by going to fertilityhour.com forward slash report. Again, that's fertilityhour.com forward slash report. Go there now, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Fertility Hour.